To defeat my enemy, I extinguish his life and consume him as I consume these flames. <laughs> you shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. <laughs> English motherfucker, do you speak it? I thought you said he was a getaway driver. What the fuck can he get away from, eh? I'm gonna make him an offer again with you. Forget it, Jake, it's Chinatown. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the shotgun. That's how you get the bomb. I heard you paint houses. Welcome back, everybody, to Brackets and B-Rolls, the podcast that brings together March Madness and movies in the best way possible. I'm your host, Flyguy Ty, a.k.a. Ty. You know what? I'm just going to stick with it. Fuck it. I'm going to do that every episode. But uh, let them know who you are, man, the guy sitting across from me. It's your boy, Quattro, back on the mic. The other the other half of uh, the host here for Brackets and B-Rolls. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. How you, how you doing, man? How you doing? I'm I'm chilling, bro. I'm just, just a little tired, just a little little tired. You know? I feel just, that, man. You know, hey, working. Hey, just a daily reminder. Twenty twenty sucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, hey, uh, fuck twenty twenty. We gonna need they gonna need therapy just for just for this year, this year alone. People bro, have to go to see go to therapies. You know how uh, b- boomers like were people born in when were they like World War Two? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right yeah around the, that time, right off the cusp. Yeah, yeah. What, what are the people who born in this year gonna be called? Uh, aliens I, I don't know Like <laughs> bro, Like You you built different You might have like A terrible immune system Like you might be Immune to the COVID If you like A baby born this year like, Hey bro They gonna look at your birth thing like Oh 2020 Nah like they, There's gonna be a whole stigma In terms of relationships Like you don't wanna date Nobody born in 2020 Cause they <laughs> effed up Like Like you Don't mess with nobody Who graduated 2020 They ain't had no prom So like they built different Like <laughs> Bro, you had no grab bash. Like honestly, as, as sad as it is, bro, as sad as like all that is, bro, I find it so funny. Cause like, bro, imagine like, bro, if it was me, I would have fell apart, bro. No prom, no grab bash, and like they just like took it away. Hey, bro, COVID said, yeah, we not going, we not doing that. <laughs> Try it if you want to. Everybody, sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it, hey, it's real. Hey, man, this, this that all jokes aside though, like this shit ain't funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not, bro. Wash your hands and wear a mask. Yes, please stop touching shit. Um. Yeah, I already got it once, bro. I want it again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it no more, bro. I thought it was real till it was real, <laughs> and then it then it got real for me. Goddamn. Hey, man, you you, you you won. You won the fight. At what cost? What did it cost? Everything. So, you guys know, if you've been listening, uh, this is episode four. So, in the previous episodes, the first two, uh, we talked about our bottom ten out of the the 26 movies that we picked uh, for this first season of uh, Brackets and B-Rolls, Crime and Gangster Movies. Uh, so episodes one and two, we talked about and reviewed our bottom 10, the 10 that didn't make it. And now uh, in the past episode, we started talking about uh, four of the top 16. Today, we're going to be uh, talking about more of them, reviewing uh, another set of four. Uh, we're going to be doing this um, 
we're going to be reviewing them in sets of four uh, till we get to 16. And then from there, we'll uh, start the actual tournament. We'll like announce the, the seedings, and then we'll go from there. Uh, March Madness, if you will, will begin. Um, so uh, without further ado, though, let's go ahead and hop into it. Uh, first movie we have, uh, Goodfellas, came out in 1990, directed by Martin Scorsese, written by Martin Scorsese, mm, excuse me, burp, uh, and Nicholas P- Pelligi, I believe, uh, starring Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, uh, Joe Pesci, and Lorraine Bracco. With, uh, it has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes with a critic's consensus reading, hard-hitting and stylish, Goodfellas is a gangster classic and arguably the high point of Martin Scorsese's career. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. So yeah, man, uh, how did you feel about uh, Goodfellas? I uh, really like this movie. It's one of it's probably one of my favorites so far out of the entire season. Uh, I think um, one of the biggest things for me was the connection between uh, Henry, Jimmy, and Tommy. Uh, Ray, Liotta, Ray Liotta's character, Joe Pesci's character, and uh, Robert De Niro's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did such a great job with. They're all being the amazing actors they are. They're they're cultivating that relationship through their characters was was seems like it was like seamless for them, which is really good to me. And then um, I also loved how the the movie really comes full circle. Like you literally start Ray Liotta's career at the beginning of uh, the movie as a teenager, and he gets indoctrinated into uh, the life. And then all the way to the end, all his, becoming a made man, and then you know his his he, run. He, he became a made man. No, who it was? Uh, Robert De Niro's character became the made man. No, but he Joe, got pretty high. Joe Pesci's Joe Pesci's character, because because Robert De Niro's character wasn't uh, fully Irish, so they wouldn't let him become or not fully Irish. He wasn't fully Italian, so they wouldn't let him become a made man because he was uh, half Irish. It, mm. At least if I'm not mistaken, I think um, you, I think you're right. He he. So it was Joe Pesci's character who was about to become a made man. Mm, But then, um, you know, spoiler alert, it was a lie in the first place. They told him he was about to be made and then they killed him because, you know, they killed that other made man earlier in the movie. Yeah. So So, sorry about that, guys. Hold. But Tommy lied about being a made man. But then you got to see as we watched uh, Henry, you know, go through this, go through the life uh, for all these years and then becoming a snitch in the end. Was real uh, schnook as he would call it. Uh, <laughs> was really interesting, and I really like how it just came full circle. And then I also really liked the love story between Henry and Karen uh, Lorraine Bracco's character because it, I felt like uh, out of the films I had seen, once I by the time I'd watched this film, it's probably probably fifth or sixth movie I'd seen. Mm-hmm. It was like the most involved relationship uh, while you know being a part of the life. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, also, really liked the relationship. Um. Uh, there was there were real stakes in this movie, which I really liked. Like uh, every move, uh, Henry Hill, Jimmy Conway, and Tommy DeVito made in the film, like had implications. Like when they uh, robbed that, uh, was it a bank? No, it wasn't a bank. It was. I think they robbed another gang. It, no, it was like a an armored truck. I think I don't remember. I know what you're talking. about. Yeah, they about. made. They got some. They got a big score. Yes. And like, um, Robert De Niro got pissed at that one guy because like he was a part of the the job and he bought like his wife this brand new like uh, Lincoln mm. and he was like we were supposed to be laying low and you like buying cars and he like loses his shit at the bar yeah. and I, like I just love seeing the stakes like that in in these films. Um, I think it's very paced well. The score is really good. Uh, the cinematography is like amazing in this. 
there was a lot of shots I thought uh, when they were like having conversations and the way they didn't like focus like in the center, which Scorsese does a really good job of that, like making just normal conversations look great. So, um, and then finally, I would have liked to have seen a little more of the uh, Lusanza heist. Like it kind of like they talk about it, it happens, and then like we see like everything that you know the implications after. I wish we had seen more of like what happened, but I I kind of understand why we didn't because I mean it's not necessarily the most important thing. It's just more so like what happens after and what causes him to flip. So I was like, okay, I understand that. Um, and then there were certain time jumps that I felt were kind of like confusing or drawing because it would just it would jump a few years like out of nowhere and like the last story didn't feel like it was necessarily short up at least for me at least I, that may not be an issue for most people and that you know maybe that's just the how the story was supposed to go but I just felt it was kind of jarring and uh other than that that was that was about it for me I really enjoyed this film uh it was a lot more positive than negatives for me so definitely you know why it makes my top 16 because it really stands out like they said it's it's iconic i i don't agree with it being you know scorsese's like um height of his career i mean that that's up for debate (laughs) i i would agree um um i can i can get behind uh a lot of what you're saying uh i will say um I, I my favorite part of the movie is the end when mm-hmm. like everything uh I don't know what I would call it like the the helicopter from like that whole day the way that mm-hmm. whole day progresses um like Henry cuz he's like high on coke the whole day yeah um the energy of that sequence mm. uh I I really appreciate uh I think that's cuz um that that kind of that's when I feel the stakes the most like mm-hmm. what you're talking about stakes um because you know uh he's scared and he's paranoid granted for good reason but uh it it, it, the movie does a good job of excuse me burp uh he the movie does a good job of the fact that he's high it makes it seem it 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 makes the fact that he's paranoid uh less credible so you, you as an audience member can be like all right i don't know if this is actually something that's you know an impending threat or if this is just something that he's um, you know, he, he's too, he's too out of his mind to really properly assess. So I, I like that aspect of it, but, uh, just that's, that's getting a little ahead of myself. Uh, overall, I had heard insanely good things about this, mm-hmm. this movie. Um, it's, it's got a 4.4 on Letterboxd. Um, it's, it's highly, very commonly regarded as like, like the greatest gangster movie or one of the greatest gangster movies ever. And, um, it's, uh, it's, it's like a lot of people say it's like, you know, score, 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 uh, best, uh, work and stuff like that. And so, uh, granted I had high expectations going in. I think this was, I don't remember what number this was for me. Like, I don't know where I, I seen, I'd seen this. I know it was at least in the, like uh, it had to be at least twelve. Like I'd seen twelve. Actually, I'm capping. I think it this. might have been besides the Irishman. I might have been the first film I watched. Really? Yeah. And no, I uh, third, second or third, because I think I watched Casino for a uh, second. Okay, that that's fair then. Um, but yeah, so like I'd seen. Um, I don't remember if I'd seen The Departed before this, but I know mm. for a fact I saw The Irishman first. Uh, 
what else is Scorsese? Because he has a lot. Scorsese has a lot in this uh, conversation. I believe I saw Gangs of New York first. I don't think Gangs of New York is better. I know I saw Casino first. Um, so those are just movies that I think are better. Like I think personally, I think that Casino and The Irishman are both um, just more just better uh, movies, mm-hmm. top to bottom. Uh, I, I so I say all that to say that I went in with like considerably high expectations, and I was pretty uh, relative to what I was expecting. I was let down pretty severely uh, because it. There is a big. I think Ray Liotta for me, when mm. comparing him to a lead such as Robert De Niro mm. in you know Casino and The Irishman. Um, or I heard you paint houses, whichever title you prefer. Um, I, I think he's not as consistently strong, because uh, mm-hmm. I I felt, uh, in the first time I watched it, I felt this way. In the second time, it was uh, a little diminished. Like I didn't feel this. I didn't feel this way uh, quite as much. But um, quite quite often, uh, I'd, I'd say like, uh, we'll go a little twenty five. 25, 20, 20, 20 to 25% of the time, I uh, felt Leota's performance was a little um, weak, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word. I can get behind, I can get especially, behind especially in his scenes with you know Robert De Niro and Joe mm-hmm. Pesci. And seeing as those were my favorite scenes in the movie, because I, I wasn't like, I, I definitely like the relationship between him and Karen because you know it felt real and stuff like that, but I wasn't very interested. Uh, at least in the beginning, in its early stages, like just showing the, I, I wasn't interested in the, in the specifics of the way the relationship developed, but um, it, it, I still enjoyed the rela- relationship, if that makes any sense. But I think the movie was at its best when we were with the, you know, good fellas, like if you will. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there was quite a few scenes where he was not the best, the best actor in the room. Mm. And that's not, and that's not necessarily an issue. Like there's no rule that says your lead actor has to be your best actor. Uh, But personally, when I'm comparing it to something like Casino or The Irishman, I, that's not to say that I think Robert De Niro is the best actor in both of those movies, but I think he, uh, it's nowhere near as much of a blowout. You know, I I don't think, I don't think, um, it it could be one of those one of those things where it's more like, you know, not only is De Niro such an amazing actor, but then Scorsese's such an amazing director, and mm-hmm. like, um, by the time you get to Goodfellas, I mean Scorsese's worked with Rob De Niro on what, five or six films at this point. Uh, there was Mean Streets, King of Comedy. Oh wait, the King of Comedy come out before this? I know Taxi Driver did. Um. I don't. I don't know what else. I, yes, he. But the, your point stands. Like he's they, worked they, with. They, they've built a rapport. Yes, he, he he's like, worked with. Uh, he's worked with De Niro. I would believe more than Leota. Yeah, I can't yeah, confirm for, that, but yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. I can't did. confirm it either, but I, I would assume. I would assume so. I, I, I would put money on it, but um, maybe that's that's why it was. Maybe if if he had worked with Ray Riola a little bit more, maybe you know his performance would have been better. I mean, granted. Scorsese can't, you know, translate acting skills to Ray Liotta, but um, maybe that that rapport made it easier for him to to direct and get the most out of what he wanted uh, with the other two characters. Yeah, but yeah. your point still stands. I mean, I still agree. Ray Liotta, you know, had some definitely acting hiccups throughout the film. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, so like that's I think that's probably my my biggest uh, issue, and I think this movie just kind of had a lot it, it had a lot going against it, only because like I'd heard a lot of great things about it, and like I happen to really much I happen to really enjoy Casino and the Irishman, so you know hearing things like oh that's not even the best, like there's there's way more, like I mean it gets better. I'm like oh like well. My expectations are, you know, very high now. And I mean, you know, you could say that's an issue. That's my fault. But um, regardless, I still was pretty disappointed, uh, you know, with all all things considered. Uh, But like I said uh, earlier, or I don't know if I said this earlier, but I still think it's a very good movie. Like it's still um, uh, like I had it in my top 16 and it's undoubtedly iconic. Like the soundtrack is like amazing and it's just another instance of more like Scorsese's great at you know picking uh soundtracks and uh, doing that sort of thing uh it's great it's well very well edited very well directed very well shot all that kind of stuff um what else would I say about it uh mm, uh you know just uh more praise you know like you said Lorraine Bracco's character Karen uh she was really good uh, so obviously Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro were also uh, great. Uh, I said this already, but my favorite part of the movie, hands down, is I don't know if it's the last four, probably the last thirty minutes or so. Um, you know, you get to uh, 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 Henry Hill, Ray Liotta's character. You get to his uh, just paranoia, like just just feared uh, montage, not montage uh, sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's my favorite part of the movie by far. Uh, I think it, it's it's really interesting because, you know, uh, it, it was funny the way we opened the movie. Um, I don't know if funny is the right word, but uh, it, I like the way that we opened the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leota, or excuse me, uh, Henry Hill had a very, uh, mm, what's the word? Very romanticized uh worldview and a very like uh he, he was very he romanticized the idea of like you know the mob being a yeah. gangster and all that kind of thing and then uh because and he believed that like they would take care of you being that kind of person you know you would never have to worry about anything and then he finds himself in a position due to his own mistakes of course that you know he's no longer being protected by the mob and his 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 desire for self-preservation uh, outweighs his his loyalty and his desire to be, you know, a part of the gangster life that he uh, thought so highly of as a as a kid. So I, I just like that kind of um, that that progression, you know, that that change in uh, character, that kind of thing. That was really uh, engaging to me. Uh, that's one of the things I really enjoy about this. But, you know, um, it it sucks because I wish I had been able to watch this with uh, no expectations because I think I would have enjoyed it considerably more. But because it had an uphill battle, um, I I just think the movie had a lot uh, going against it. Uh, So, I mean... Don't you hate that when, like, you come in with a bunch of expectations based on what other people say, and the yeah. movie's like doesn't meet those expectations. You're like, bro, cap. Yeah, it, it's it, that's very frustrating. Me, me at Dunkirk, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come on. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, what would you? Uh, so let's just go ahead and you know get this get this rating out of the way. What you what you got to give it? Rate this bad boy out of ten. Out of ten. Um, 
And while you, while you get that together, just to reiterate our um, our our scale. So we have a one. Uh, what the fuck is this? Two. Worst thing I've ever seen. Three is awful. Four is bad. Five is eh. Six is decent. Seven is good. Eight is impressive. Nine is fantastic and or amazing. And a 10 is a masterpiece, perfect, flawless, all the above. Anything that you want to say to to signify that the movie is uh, impeccable without issue. So what do you, with all that being said, what would you give Goodfellas? I'd give it a nice 7.2. 7.2? Good. It's good. That's good. That's I. I'll go seven point five eight. Like I, yeah. I think it's you know even with all my feelings, uh, in consideration, it's still you know an insanely good movie. It's still, um, one of the better gangster movies ever made. Um, it's a really good Scorsese film, but I think it's just it, it's. I don't think it's his best. I don't think. Uh, I think he still. Has, I think he has two better, if not possibly three. Mm-hmm. We'll get to those uh, as the reviews kind of, uh, you know, continue. Uh, but that's just, even with all that said, like, it's still a great, great film. So that's that's all that is. But uh, that's enough about Goodfellas. We spent a decent amount of time on that one. Moving on to Miller's Crossing. Uh, came out in 1990. Directed by Joel Cohen, written by Joel Cohen, Joel and Ethan Cohen, and starring uh, Gabriel Byrne, Albert Finney, John Polito, and Marsha Gay Harden, uh, with a Rotten Tomatoes score of 92% and a critics consensus that reads, though possibly more notable for its distinctive style than an airtight story, this Cohen brothers' take on the classic gangster flick features sharp dialogue, impressive cinematography, and typically quirky and a typically quirky cast of characters. You want to know why I'm putting you square with Lazar? Not particularly. I want everybody to be friends. I like to do this. You're friends with Lazar. He's friends with you. You're friends with me. All you gotta do to show you're a friend is give me Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. So the deal is, I give you Bernie. Smooth it over with Leon, you bail me out with Lizzo. Yeah, then we're all friends again. <laughs> you, me, Leo, the Danes. We can maybe have tea sometime. Come on, Eddie. Friends is a mental state. So, go ahead and kick us off, man. How'd you feel about Miller's Crossing? Okay. Now, I looking back, I can say this is a plague of watching a lot of these films together. Because uh, there, there there were a couple times where I may have watched three or four of, of the films on the 26 film list in a day. And so... When damn. You, when like, you, that is... Yeah. Damn. When you, <laughs> when, you watch, when you watch these films, they, they kind of, you know, could get kind of put together. Because I'm sure y'all have heard me mention characters from other movies talking about a different movie. So, you know, some things, some wires get crossed. But uh, I think this might have been kind of knocked off a peg because of that and so like when i when i was talking to ty about watching it i i categorized it as kind of boring and fucking dis, dis, despicable despicable yeah i mean it's definitely one i'm gonna have to definitely rewatch. but uh from what like what the critics consensus said i mean the cinematography was good i mean it's credited for being a film that not only took uh classic uh tropes of like the gangster crime genre but also brought in the, the noir uh, style of the 40s, which is which I thought was really cool. And so to see a film, uh, this I'd say Miller's Crossing is definitely one of the more visually uh, appealing films that were on this list. 
uh, which I really like. I'm a big visual guy in film, so this was uh, kind of a really breath of fresh air for me in terms of the rest of the films. Um, and I also uh, agree with what they said about the characters because when I saw when I did like a, a little bit of research before watching Miller's Crossing and I saw John Turturro was in this, I was immediately like excited because John Turturro, I love John Turturro. is a, he's great. And then his role in the film was just amazing too. And then when he, I, although I was so happy, spoiler alert, when he got killed at the end. I, I, <laughs> He was a dickhead in this movie. He was an yeah. asshole, yeah. So Quick I, sidebar. Have you seen The Big Lebowski? Yeah, with the, that's the bowling movie, right? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh, not really. Yes, the, the main characters are bowlers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Turturro in that. Very small role. Hilarious. Yes. But continue. Bro, John Turturro and Transformers. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You did not just bring up fucking Transformers. Yes, bro. He's so hilarious. He's going to be in the new Batman. He's Let's very, go. He is? He's playing uh, John Falcone. Oh! I don't think... Uh, Corleone Falcon? What is his name? First name. It's Falcon. I don't know what the first uh, name is. First yeah, name. I, I blame but, it on um, it, but. He's playing uh, one of the staple gangsters in, in the Batman lore. But so crazy excited for that. Although, given John Turturro, I'm like... Mm. One of my favorite things about him is his humor. Granted, he's a good actor. Yeah. And like, I'm sure he won't. Like, I, It's not like the movie. I, I doubt he'll you know, be funny. But like I, I, I kind of makes me sad because I like how funny he is. Yeah, he he he's in that same class as like John Malkovich for me. I'm it's just like they 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 you're not usually there to be funny, but like inadvertently they're like the funniest person in the room. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah. It, it's 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 I love that about it. And and like I said, the cast. I mean, John Polito, the the hi hat scene. I was watching that before we started recording, and just a great scene because he just get he gets hot and he goes off. He's like, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of paying you. And and then the then the guy's just so he's so um, cavalier. He's like, you're as big as I want you to be, and don't you ever forget it. And I was like, I mean, that's how like gang. I mean, these three warring families are are literally at war. Everybody is like trying to you know get their get their stuff done. And when you kill the the mob boss's what daughter? I I think girlfriend. I think somebody. Like, yeah, he it, was, it was an important woman. Important. He yeah, killed somebody important, important and then like it throws the war into complete chaos. It just was really good. Like that, the whole concept of this film, uh, I think was one of the most unique ones for sure. So that also uh, gave it a lot of points for me. But uh, like the critics uh, consensus said, I mean, great cinematography, great soundtrack. I just thought in execution, it was a tad boring. It was, it was, a, it was kind of a, a, a daunting watch for me. Now I know you feel differently, and I'll let you tell the people why you feel differently. Yes, I I definitely feel differently. Um, my fir- uh, first off, I love the Coen Brothers. Like they're, mm-hmm. I love their movies. No Country for Old Men, um, uh, The Big Lebowski, uh, Fargo is also a fun one. Not don't love that one quite as much, but still like a fun fun one. Uh, so either like my point is, um, oh. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, also a really fun one. This movie, so I I really enjoy like their filmography. Mm. Uh, so this was, I think this was like the first. I think, in fact, I think this was the first Cohen Brothers film that I'd seen uh, that I actively was like aware that it was a Cohen Brothers uh, uh, piece of piece of work, but. Uh, their their style of filmmaking is like I enjoy it so much, especially the writing, and I think that was one of the strongest points of this uh, this movie. Uh, my first thought when I was watching it was they the the, the Cohen brothers watched Martin Scorsese's uh, Mean Streets 
and uh, said, I will raise you a Miller's Crossing. Boo, you stink! Because, what? Hold up, hold up. Are you saying that this movie is better than Mean Streets? Not even close, yes. Oh, 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 Ty, oh, Ty, oh, Ty. Are you going to tell me it's not? Ty, I'd say an argument would be made that it's better. Yeah, it is. It's 1,000% better. Wait, okay, so just to be clear, you're saying that Miller's Crossing is better than Mean Streets? Yes. Oh. Obviously, it is time for me to go to bed. Because so, <laughs> I was, I was hear, hearing something so different. I was like, "Bro, he's really no, 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 no. You, you know the, you know the, the like the poker, the poker phrase. It's like, oh, I see you did this, and I'll raise you this. Oh, okay. You're like implying that what you raised is better than what you saw. I got you. So got like you. they saw Mean Streets was like, oh, I'll raise you Miller's Crossing because you know yeah. Miller's Crossing is better. Um, so be uh, and Gabriel Byrne, uh. As a like this movie for me highlighted this the importance of a, just a strong lead because if he wasn't as good as he was in this then like I don't think it would be nearly as you know good as it is. Um, case in point, uh, you know we were just talking about a movie, Goodfellas. I think Ray Liotta. I don't think he was bad by any means, but I think he was not nearly as good as um, he he should have been and. Because of that, it kind of that, that's one of the reasons why the movie is detracted in my eyes. However, a movie like Miller's Crossing, you could argue that I think it's a lot better because it has such a strong lead in uh, Gabriel Byrne. His, his character was really uh, charismatic and witty and uh, just intelligent. And those are some of my favorite things in uh, protagonists, not even protagonists, just characters. Like, I just enjoy watching that kind of thing because I like seeing people make smart decisions and not just being boneheads uh just doing dumb shit you know uh i won't go there because there's an argument to made that she was she knew exactly what she was doing she wasn't dumb but uh at any at any rate i digress um you know moving on to like some of the technical aspects cinematography like you said like really really yeah. solid yeah. uh a lot of good looking shots throughout the throughout the movie and uh, the dynamics between a lot of the characters, uh, specifically Gabriel Burns, uh, Tom, I believe is his name. Uh, Tom, yeah, Tom Reagan. He, I got the impression that he kind of, he, he had a great ga- a grasp on all those relationships and he kind of navigated them beautifully and kind of had them like essentially wrapped around his finger like he knew exactly how to deal with everyone mm. he knew exactly how to talk to everyone like uh, around a mark of a really good gangster and just like you 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 have like control of all the situations yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he i never got i never got the feeling that he was out of control and you know uh john Turturro's character um was you know he was a bit of a bit of a dickhead from time to time a uh, bit of a pain in the ass but you know uh spoiler alert everything uh, ended up being becoming everything became uh, balanced at the end of the by the end of the movie, um, but yeah, that's, that's all things should be. <laughs> word to word to word to Thanos, but um, I think the biggest reason, one of the biggest reasons at least, uh, that I enjoyed this so much is because it was such a fresher breath breath air from the like the the other uh, uh, gangster movies that like were a part of this season because this was. 
if not that this was my second to last movie because I know mm. Once Upon a Time in America was my last one. I think I'm this so was sorry. <laughs> what a way to end it. <laughs> this was this was either my second or third to last one. So I'd seen I'd seen like twenty plus yeah. prior, and they were all uh, more or less the same yeah. in, in as far as you know uh, narrative construction and how everything is you know how the narrative is told and all that all that type of stuff and so it was really fun seeing something that was so unique and different from that kind of thing um you know i, I made the comparison to mean streets earlier so i think that's mm. probably the closest thing to it but like i said i think this is um uh far far better than uh mean streets but you know that's um that's just that's just my that's just my feeling uh towards it uh, and like I said, just to reiterate, I think without Gabriel Byrne, I don't know nearly, I don't know if this movie's, uh, nearly as beloved in my eyes. Uh, but you know, the cast, everyone's great. Like John, like you said, John Polito, Marsha Gay Harden. She was also, uh, great. Albert Finney, uh, you know, John Turturro, Steve Buscemi. He's a, like a personal favorite of mine. I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of his. Um, so, you know, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. But before we move on, go ahead and uh, let, let, let's rate this bad boy. How do you? What would you give it, man? Out of ten? Yeah, hate me. Like five point nine. Jesus Christ! Like, eh. oh my gosh. Eh. Okay. It's like uh, out of the out of the twenty six. I if it was one I, like on the, on the list of like I probably would wouldn't rewatch. It probably be Miller's Cross. He'd probably be on the list. Well, I bought it. So wow. Uh, wow. I, I I bought quite a few of the movies in season one. Yeah, but Miller's Crossing was one of the few ones, first ones I bought, partially because it was on sale, but also because yeah, I cap, really cap, really enjoyed it. Cap, go buy a full price. Even if it's on sale, buy a full price. If you love it that much, buy a full price. <laughs> yeah, boo boo boo, suck my dick. Fuck that. <laughs> that is that's very explicit. Hell no. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, hey, good thing the show is explicit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, not safe for work. Yeah, do not play this out loud. You will get fired. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, why'd you get fired from your last job? Oh, I listened to brackets and B-rolls out loud at work. <laughs> oh, that was your first mistake, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, so, you gave a 5.9. Wow, but that that point nine is generous. So I mean, yeah, I, hey man, uh, well, I definitely disagree. I'm going like eight point five. Wow, uh, that's crazy. I, I very much enjoy it uh, upon rewatch because I do plan on revisiting it uh, in the near future. Yeah, tell it me will how that probably, go. huh? Tell me how that go. It'll probably get bumped up to like a four and a half on Letterboxd. Uh, for anyone who's not familiar with Letterboxd, like the rating scale on there is uh, out of five stars, but like we've, you know, uh, made the, we've, we've made the transition to out of 10 just because, you know, that's pretty, uh, we, we feel that that was probably, that that translates more and people like our, uh, people can identify with, you know, out of 10 scores more. But I mean, hey, maybe in, se- in season two, if enough people want us to, we'll go just, we'll just fully commit to uh, out of five. And crazy. Just think about like the rating scale out of five, or like in the American grading system, like you get three questions wrong, sixty. That's a D. <laughs> like it's it's over. <laughs> so well, I mean, um, it, it, to, to be, I think you said it wrong because if you got three questions wrong, you'd have a two out of five, which would be a forty, which would be a D, uh, or an F. Excuse me. Um, but hey, man, I'm not gonna give you too much of a hard time. I think the people knew what you were trying well, to yes, say. Yes, he is. As soon as we cut this off, he's gonna lay into me. 
So we just never gonna stop recording. He's, he's, he's to- I'm toast. He's, he's gonna be a dickhead and not cut that. So I'm a little stupid. Oh my gosh. Oh man. But uh, that's enough about Miller's Crossing. Uh, moving on to a uh, a big, 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 uh, big favorite of mine. Uh, Reservoir Dogs, yeah. 1992 release date, uh, directed by Mr. Quentin Tarantino, the footman himself, written by Quentin Tarantino and Roger. Bro, you such a- <laughs> Roger Avery. Hey, bro, it's not a, it's no myth, it's no secret, no myth, uh, it's not myth, no secret, bro, no. Bro, the man, bro, Quentin Tarantino is Quentin Tarantino. Let that man be. Stop hey, I'm shit. good. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not yucking his yum. Like, hey, if you in the feet, that's all you, cub. But I'm a, I'm gonna point it out. Like, I'm going to laugh bro, at it because it's funny. That's and crazy. it, I mean, if you go on film Instagram and or film Twitter, like, there's gonna be at least a couple jokes about Tarantino not having like <laughs> about Tarantino and some feet. Like, there's they, they, those are some of the funniest shit I've seen. So, so, so those are some of the funniest memes I've seen. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's continue. I'll just uh, asshole for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, starring John. Oh, excuse me. Whoa, moved moved a little ahead of myself. Don't want to don't want don't want to give that one away. Starring Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, and Chris Penn. Uh, and it has with a ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes and a critics consensus reading. Thrumming with intelligence and energy, Reservoir Dogs opens Quentin Tarantino's filmmaking career with hard-hitting style. Hey, Joe. Want me to shoot this guy? Shit. (laughs) You shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. So, go ahead and start us off, Bucko. How did you feel about Reservoir Dogs? Loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, I've I've recently been getting, uh, getting, being able... Lord, wow. recently had the opportunity to get a lot more enthralled into Quentin Tarantino's films, especially uh, really diving into him in terms of film. Like I've I've seen a lot of them. I've seen Res- Reservoir Dogs before. I'd seen Pulp Fiction. I'd seen um, what's that other one you did? Uh, both Kill Bills. But uh, to really like deep dive into these films uh, was really interesting. And Reservoir Dogs didn't disappoint. Uh, I really love the I love the beginning. The beginning of it's really good when they're like eating dinner, yeah, and, uh, yeah or yeah. eating lunch or whatever at that restaurant. And it just you would have thought they had been family. You would have thought they knew each other for years. But like as the movie progresses, you find out they literally didn't know much about. They didn't even know each other's names. And so mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. And then like the whole um, the the Steve Buscemi uh, lines about him and tipping. And like it was funny because like I've had that exact conversation because like I was that dickhead for a minute. I was like, "But what, what the hell am I gonna tip for? It, they're they're doing their jobs." You are. I'm glad that you you've come to come to the light, man. Almost. We we getting there. Oh my gosh. There. It, it, right. it depends on a few things. I literally was in a restaurant one time and like I sneezed and the waiter was like standing right there. She didn't bless me and I didn't tip her. <laughs> I wish y'all could see my fucking face. I was like, yeah, I'm oh not tipping. Bro, that's so rude, bro. I literally sneezed and you don't say nothing. Please. She you was scared you had COVID, damn it. No, bro, this was not COVID, bro. COVID hadn't even hit up yet, bro. She was just, she ain't like me. So there it is. Y'all, please no tip. tear his ass up in the fucking comments. Bro, please do. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I will defend that stance. But I, I thought that was a really interesting line. And then 
as the and like uh and kind of like uh, Pulp Fiction was this movie was like kind of out of order, which I thought was really cool. And we got bits and pieces uh throughout the film, especially after the uh the job happens and it goes to shit. And then everybody's meeting back at the rendezvous point and everybody's like, yo, what the hell happened? Like, uh, what is going on? And everything is like very sporadic and crazy. I really like that about this film. And even though it uh it has very limited sets, it probably has three or four set changes in the entire film. And it's still uh very visually compelling, which I really like. Um, especially like when they're having conversations. Like uh Quinta Tarantino uses a lot of wide shots when he's talk when when it was That's less characters, shit. which I thought was really cool because when it was more characters, when there was like a lot of characters in one space, like there were very there were a lot more intimate shots. But when there was just one or two characters, nice wide shots. I thought it was that was that was really cool, a really interesting uh creative choice. The one he uses very often in his films. That that's his shit, yeah. Yeah. So um like I said, really love this film. Uh I think probably my favorite uh character would probably have to be Steve Buscemi's character because he just was like Mr. Pink. Mr. Pink. He he just like did not give a fuck. And then the whole the whole shit about how he got chose how he had chose Mr. Pink and like why can't I be Mr. Brown? Yeah. And the dude was like, nah, I'm choosing Mr. Pink. It, it's problematic when everybody gets to choose their names. It's like why why the fuck does it matter? I'm like, I mean I agree. Cause I feel like if I got Mr. Pink, I'd be like, no, fuck that. I don't want to be Mr. Pink. Shit, but, you look sick. I'd be Mr. Pink. Mr. Pink sound kind of clean. Nah, I would have I would have wanted to be Mr. White. Oh, I mean, of course. Everybody want to be fucking I mean, Mr. White. Mr. White is a clean name. But Everybody want to be Mr. White, Mr. Black. Standout for me, Harvey Cartel also killed this. He was Mr. White. Damn, and, I love Harvey. I love Harvey Cartel. Harvey Cartel. It's even in our uh, in our trailer where he's like, if you if you shoot me, you better wake up and apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. shoot me in your dream, you better wake up and apologize. Yeah, and I just love I love that a lot. And the way he kind of like was almost like the level head throughout. And then to find out, spoiler alert, that he's the rat. No, and, wait a second. I think you got your characters mixed. Cause, fuck, again? Because Harvey Keitel was very much not the level-headed one. Mr. Orange. Mr. Orange was the one that was bleeding out. Yeah, the one that... Yes. The, yeah. Tim Roth was... Tim Roth's character... Spoiler alert. Tim Roth's character was the rat at the end. He was the one that was bleeding out, Mr. Orange. He was absolutely not even keel the whole time because he was fucking dying. Yeah. Steve Buscemi's character was the one who was pretty like level headed. He was like, he was the one like, yo, like, yo, y'all gotta, you gotta be professional. He said that at least eighty he, times. He said, gotta movie. be professional. Like, let's like relax, because you know Harvey Keitel's character, Mr. White, was like getting pissed at Michael Madsen. Uh, who's that, Mr. Mr. Blonde? Mr. Blonde, because Mr. Blonde, like, I mean, he was fucking crazy. Yeah. So he was like going going insane, and you know. Uh, uh, Steve Buscemi was trying to, you know, get them boys under control. Oopsie, hit my mic. And um, it it, it was it was a no go. So I think you got your characters mixed up there, Bucko. I I do. I mean, when you when you don't go by names, you go by freaking colors. You know, the color coded chart. I didn't get a color coding chart when when I watched this film, so I had to kind of figure it out as I went along. You know, as most other people did when they watched this film, but. Long story short, love this film. I definitely deserves a spot on the top sixteen uh, for its. Uh, it, it definitely encapsulates what the crime genre is. Like this was straight up a crime movie. Although we didn't get to see a lot of the heists, we got to see the aftermath, which I thought was interesting story choice. Because I mean, much. everybody gets to see. You know, you get to see the robbing the bank. Oh, shut the I'm, hell up! I'm glad I didn't get to see it. We got to see the aftermath, the shit that happens. You don't just walk out the bank and everything's scot free. The cops still after you. And the fact that they was just like shooting at cops, like I mean, I I know like in all these films, like they get in some type of beef with the law enforcement and they get into fights, but like I love how like in these films they just have no issue just popping a cop. I'm like, bro, that's a police officer, cap. But uh, love this film. 
I think. Oh, I'm not rating it yet. You got to do yours. But yeah, yeah, love this film. Uh, well, I'm glad you feel that way. Uh, I am personally a big, big, big Quentin Tarantino fan. Uh, I thought you about to be like going like, bro. Personally, I like hate this film. I was like, what? Oh no, 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 no. (laughs) That would have been that would been funny. But no, um, you know, big, big Quentin Tarantino fan. Seeing all of his uh, filmography. Um, this is, I don't know what, when I'd seen this relative to the other, the other films of his, uh, but. So, in like, oh, so wait, in like, I'd say what, 30 years, he's only made nine movies? Nine, ten? Uh, yeah. Wait, 92? Is that 30? Is your math right? You know it's not right. Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, that was a shot in the dark. I, I was like, that. That's that. That's fair-ish. No, I think it's probably closer to 2020, where we just got to 2020. So, or not just got to. By the time, by the time this come out, I would not be surprised if it was 2021. But um, uh, no, that's probably it's. He's like, I mean, I guess you could say 30, because you know, eight to 2000, and two more decades. So yeah, it's about 30 years, give or take. Yeah. So yeah, he's only he's only um made nine films but i mean have you seen them like yeah the quality film i mean i'm not saying that's a bad thing (laughs) i'm sure he spends uh extended amounts of time on them he 92 94 uh i don't know when jackie brown came i think it was 98 97 and then uh the kill bills came out in uh 03 and 04 i believe then uh he had death proof then that was in 07 i believe and Mm -hmm. then you had uh, Inglorious Bastards, 09, Django in 12, Hateful 8 and 15, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in uh, 19. So I feel mm. like I'm forgetting something, but as like those, those are pretty much where they came out in. But I mean, most of his, like he writes all of them himself. Yeah. And he, I mean, he doesn't practice. He He's a very big uh, user of nonlinear storytelling. And I have a feeling that makes his stories a little bit harder to construct mm-hmm. but uh yeah I, I say all that to say yes he's only made nine movies anyway back to what i was saying uh so reservoir dogs uh i think is i've seen some people say that it's his best movie i think that there's an argument to be made for that because it is um you know j- just in terms of simplicity and you know just overall um I mean, yeah, simplicity. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's anything he's ha- he's made that is, quote unquote, better uh, than this. Uh, I mean, I think I might argue that the Hateful Eight, but I'm also I'm very biased towards that movie because that's my favorite of his. But um, it just the the writing in this is uh, great. The just the character writing and. This this is very this this pretty much embodies I'd say Pulp Fiction does it a little bit better but this is a great representation of what Tarantino does best and that's his dialogue and the way he's able to really make the the stupidest conversations excuse me uh give the stupidest conversations like light or not light uh, life and uh, really get them to get the keep the audience engaged um, throughout and just kind of dole out and specifically uh, not specifically especially the way he's able to dole out information uh given given the the way he's able to tell his stories and that's why i'm a big fan of his non his his style of non-linear storytelling because you know you get different things and different 
ways and shit like that. And it's really it's it's really uh, fun, and it's especially fun when you know you have a mystery like oh who's the rat, and you're trying to you're you're also in on everyone else. You're like oh I don't know what the hell's happening, and then. Uh, as the as the movie is progressing, as we get to the end, uh, we get a scene, you know, detailing everything mm-hmm. about what happened, which was so like fun because it was like you know start to finish, like all right, this is how it got here, this is where we got, this yeah. is where we started, this is what happened, and then it just kind of progressed, and then we get to the end of the scene, obviously, and it's just I, I I'm a big I'm a big fan of this movie uh, because of how well I believe it to be uh, written. And I just think that, you know, it's to put it in perspective, it's probably my fifth favorite Tarantino movie that that could that's that's tentative, that could shift. Uh, But it's it's still a very good movie. Like it's even though it's my like, that's not even a great benchmark. I don't know why I said that, because like my top four of his are all like damn near masterpieces in my eyes. So I. That that's just that's uh that, that's pretty I don't know. I, I can't really say more beyond the fact that I appreciate the way this story is the, the way the story unfolds and the way the characters are written. And like you said, this is a this is a perfect movie for this kind of season because it's like it's a great crime film. Yeah. And it's and it's it, it it's it's a great crime film almost because of the way you know, you get to see the aftermath. Like most, you know, heist movies, you know, you see the heist and that's typically the crux of the movie. That's yeah. like what's happening the whole time. Whereas in this, it's like everything is centered around the aftermath, which, mm. you know, I would argue is a little bit more interesting. For sure. Than uh, just, you know, watching your standard uh, heist movie. And we but, got uh, vestiges of that in a more linear fashion with Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. With the with the Lufthansa. Uh, Lufthansa, however you say Lufthansa, it. Yeah, the Lufthansa heist. Mm-hmm. And we, a lot like that, after that happened, you, had, you still had a good hour of the movie left and you got to see the aftermath of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it was in a more linear style, so that's why it doesn't really stand out as much as Reservoir Dogs does. Mm-hmm. Plus, I just think it, Reservoir Dogs is is a very interesting movie. But and I also think um, I, I also like uh, actually no, I'll say I'll save I'll save that person I'll save that specific uh, thought for uh, the next movie. But uh, you know, let's go let's go ahead and uh, rate this rate this bad boy out of ten. Give it a nice, impressive. Nine? Yeah. Nine. No, uh, that's eight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're giving it an eight? Yeah. Nice, nice. Impressive. I uh, I think I'd go... I'm going nine. Like, I think it's, mm. you know, fantastic. It's a great top to bottom. That's a good one. I, I'm going to make that change. I'd go fantastic with you. All right, nice. So we both uh, rock it with nine out of ten. Uh, so that's enough about Reservoir Dogs. On to the last movie of this uh, review um, block, I guess. Yeah, I think we can call it a block. Yeah. Um, you know, <sighs> Pulp Fiction. Yes. Released in 1994. Uh, written by Quentin Tarantino, or excuse me, directed by Quentin Tarantino. Written by Quentin Tarantino and Roger Avery, starring John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Uma Thurman, and Bruce Willis. Uh, has a 91% Rotten Tomato score with a critics consensus reading. One of the most influential films of the 1990s, Pulp Fiction is a delirious postmodern mix of neo-noir thrills, pitch black humor, and pop culture touchstones. Marvin, what do you make of all this? 
Man, I don't even have an opinion. Well, you gotta have an opinion. I mean, do you think that God came down from heaven and stopped it? Oh, what the fuck's happening? Oh, oh man, man. Oh, man, I shot Marvin in the face. Why the fuck did you do that? Well, I didn't mean to do it. It was an accident. Now, Quattro, go ahead and start us off. How do you feel about Pulp Fiction? Fucking hate this film. It's terrible. Quentin hey, Tarantino's yeah, worst hey, film. You're done. You Get off the do fucking this show. They should have stopped in 1994. It's terrible. Great, horrible cast. Just awful. What the fuck was that movie? Yo, that's it. Yeah, you're, you're, you're. I don't want to do it no more. We're done. Sorry, Brackens and Bureaus is over. No more. <laughs> yeah, I'm capping. I'm capping. Nah, Pulp Fiction was easily the funnest uh, watch of the entire uh, season. I uh, love this movie with a passion. Uh, it's the film. It's the movie that got me into Quentin Tarantino's uh, films. I'm sure many other people. Pulp Fiction was the one that did it for him. Um, it's it's just the like you like you mentioned with the Reservoir Dogs, the non-linear storytelling. The movie is completely out of order, and it's so sporadic. It doesn't even feel like that's something that should be wrong. You know, it's normal for a beginning, middle, end, mm-hmm. but this one goes like middle end, beginning, and it's I really love that about it. And the characters were in it were so uh, interesting. Like uh, Bruce Willis's character actually was one of the most compelling for me mm-hmm. uh, as the boxer. What was his name? I mean, Butch. Uh, Huh? Butch. Was it Butch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Butch was such a great character for me, uh, especially when uh, he was about to leave the guitar shop after escaping uh, those two. Uh, what, what the fuck would you call them? Like Nazis, racists, rapists? And yeah. Uh, all all uh, the above? Kidnappers? Oh, yeah, all yeah. The, all, that's generous. All them, all those apply. All those apply. But yeah, when he when he finally uh, when he escaped and was about to leave, and he's like, he has this moment where he's like, I guess I should go save this guy who's trying to kill me, and he goes and saves Ving Rhames from uh, being Marcellus Wallace. You mean Marcellus Wallace? His don't name is Ving disres- Rhames. Don't disrespect Marcellus Wallace his like na- that. Is, is his name not Ving Rhames? Don't disrespect Marcellus Wallace like that. I apologize. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to end up like him in the film. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna leave him alone. <laughs> I mean, like I'll, I always every ever since I watched that scene the first time, like I I just wonder like, so he had to have like cut that dude's tongue out because he let him live and like he's gonna have his boys torture him for doing what he did to him. But like he's gonna talk. Like I mean, he still got the upper hand. I don't hand. think he lives. Like I I think they torture him until and then I think they kill him when they're done. But like I still will be talking my shit. But like he's dead at that point. Who's he gonna be talking shit to? But I'm saying like while they're torturing him. Oh, like, I'm, gonna talk, I'm gonna talk my shit. I don't think you can talk if they're cutting your dick off. So just to be I quite mean, frank, true. But like I mean, in, in the in the moments I have left, I'm talking my shit. Like I will get that last laugh. I mean, I don't know. That's a that's a that's an attempt. And, and the ending with Butcher, he's driving off. He's like, "What motorcycle is this? It's a chopper, baby. Which chopper is this? Zed's. Who's Zed? Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead." I love that. I love that so much. And then, of course, you, you can't talk about Pulp Fiction without talking about uh, Samuel L. Jackson and God, John Travolta. Man. Just, because I, I already know you know Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel, that Ezekiel verse, like the back of your Yeah, I have it on a poster in my room. Yeah. It's, the, it's, my, it's the coolest poster I have. You read the Bible, Greg? <laughs> yes. Well, there's this passage I got memorized. Sort of fits this occasion. Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill 
shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. That shit is so hard. Yeah, it, it, it really, it, like they said, like uh, pop culture touchstones. I mean, so many things from this movie I, I, see, I still see now of happening course, in Pulp Fiction. Like, pop culture. Jesus. And I wonder why it's called Pulp Fiction. Uh, I mean that that uh that you know the opening uh thing like pulp it it, it defines yeah pulp and fiction so. yeah and so. I mean the the actual literal the literal explanation uh I don't know if he said it in an interview before I haven't looked it up mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be surprised if it was some funny shit yeah exactly and then I think I think my favorite uh sequence is probably the Oh, I wish I remember what the name of it was. I probably remember the name of it. If you the one, it. the one where he, uh, where they shoot that guy in the face on accident. Oh, that's the, that's the, that's like the last, that's the beginning of the last like fifty minutes of the movie. Four, yeah. forty-five. We'll go forty-five, forty. Um, name of what? I'm just, remember like right before it it started, right when they were driving on the road, uh, a title card came up. Oh oh oh! Um, the situation, I believe. No 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 no. No, it was. It was. I thought wasn't it miss something? Uh, damn. Now I can't remember. Now I'm upset. Fuck! What was wow. that? I promise y'all, we've seen the movie. I'm I'm gonna look that up. Uh, you you keep going. I'm gonna look that up. But yeah, so that was my favorite sequence, especially when I saw Harvey Keitel uh, was in the film. That, that he was great in it. That was a great. And then the that fact that uh, Josh Walter's character was like, I, "Hey, look, I don't, I just don't like people barking orders at me." He's like, "Yo, I don't give a fuck. I'm, Yo, I'm that here was, to get you out of trouble. That was so get the shit done. Like, I don't really that care." Was so funny. <laughs> like, I don't understand how John Travolta, uh, Vincent Vega. I don't understand how he could be so like he could be as you know. Um, confident speaking that way as if he yeah. like the situation wasn't his fault like they're only doing this because of you yeah so like the fact that you have anything to say is like was, dog I don't know if you should be like, opening your mouth at the moment and, and the fact that and I really loved how when they were talking about like the uh, the, the wife coming home and they were like if the wife comes home you, you know you lose it uh, that they like cut to like a, a montage of the wife walking in and like seeing them carrying the body I thought yeah. that was a really interesting tour. I like seeing stuff like that a lot, a lot of directors do Stuff like that. Like they'll mention something and they'll do a quick cut to to that thing happening and then cut back to what's going on. I thought that was really cool. Spike Lee does that a lot. And um just that whole sequence was great. And then of course, Uma Thurman's piece, that was really good. And how uh as sexy she was. She really like yeah, man, stole was, the that show. Was some, that was some that was quite some shit. And the dancing, they, I mean like she, they was doing TikTok dancing before TikTok dances was like popular. I mean that whole. I've also always wanted to go to that diner. Uh, that's actually a real, a real diner. Uh, it's like an I don't remember what it was called, but like where you can eat in cars and like old fifties cars. Oh really? And the cars of the booths. I've always wanted to go. So when I saw it, I was like, oh, I remember this. I want, I want to go here. Um, but like all around, great film. I loved how colorful it was. A lot of it takes place during the day, which I thought was really cool. A lot of these films take place at night, so like. You see everything, but like because it's at night, it's in the dark. You, you're you're apt to miss some of the more visual aspects of the movie. But because this film was shot during the day, it really works. And um, 
cinematography was was beautiful. Uh, the shots of Marcellus Wallace, where you only see the back of his head, was really good. Uh, also, really funny Marcellus Wallace moment when uh, Butch's character is driving down the street and uh, Marcellus Wallace is walking across the street and sees him. <laughs> I was like, bro, that is so uncanny. Like, how does that happen? You just driving down the street and you just you just see him. And also, one the one last bit, uh, I really loved how unceremoniously they got rid of characters in this movie. Uh, specifically when Vincent Vega's character gets killed by Butch. Because, um, like, you had followed Vincent Vega's character. And not only have you been following his character, his character was so... Uh, he, 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 does, he did so well with it. Like, you really connected with his character. You knew his story with him in Amsterdam. You really connected with him in his, in his like, tumultuous relationship with uh, Uma Thurman's character. And then uh, for him to just kind of get blown away by Butch uh, was was kind of crazy. And I've been getting more used to in film like characters that you you know known and know and love uh, being unceremoniously killed. Especially I've been watching a lot of more gangster shows and like or if you watch like Game of Thrones, you realize especially in today's age of TV, nothing is sacred anymore. Your favorite characters can be killed just as easy as you fell in love with them. So. It's one of those things where I have to learn, like, oh, okay, like, your characters really don't matter to you. It's like, it's it's all it's all a part of the story. It's all a part of the machine. So, with that being said, like I said, I love the movie Pulp Fiction. What about you, Fly Guy? Well, I'm glad that you like Pulp Fiction so much because I do too. I um, uh, I mean. Anything that's been said about anything that can be said about Pulp Fiction has been said. Uh, I think it is perfect. I mean, quite, quite, quite simply put, I don't know much. I don't know uh, very many, very many movies that are as influential and like iconic and good. As, uh, as this movie is. Like I said earlier, uh, I really like Quentin Tarantino. Like, he's one of my favorite directors. And this is... Some... A lot of people would say this is his best work. I personally don't think so. But, like, it's not to say... Because I think this is my third favorite movie of his. But even the movies that I have above it, like the one and two, I think this... Like, I don't... I think all of those movies are, like, perfect. Like, I think my one, two, three, and four favorite like movies from him are perfect. So for me to say that it's my third favorite doesn't really mean anything because like I think they're all perfect at that point. It's just a matter of preference. Um but like you said, the like there's so much to love about this this movie, the way it unfolds, uh the way the story is told non-linearly, it's so engaging the way it is because um it, it's it, it's really it's unique and i don't really know uh very many granted i, I don't know like uh, all the movies of course but i mean i can't it, it would i can't think of anything off the top of my head uh that you know is is something that you know the the that is that does it that does this uh tells its story non-linearly the same way that uh pulp fiction does um Bro, i do what Bro, bvs Jesus. Okay. All right. Um, see, I'm not opening that can of worms today, but like at some point, we're gonna, I think we should because like I think it'll just be too entertaining for for our our listeners to to not get. But that's another. That's something for another day. Uh, just an abbreviated version. I happen to severely hate uh, Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice, and uh, Quattro has an intense. It must be hard being that mentally challenged. 
and Quattro has a severe love for it. I don't have a severe love for it. What do you have for it then? I'm in love with it. Okay. All right. See, you, yeah, you, you know, the if it f- was oh. a woman, I'd marry her. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, as I was saying, uh, I, I think it's, it's, I mean, it's really unique. Uh, like you said, it very well could be the most fun, uh, movie of the season, the most fun movie to watch. Um, and, oh, besides Once Upon a Time in America, of course. Uh, I'm not, man, I'm <laughs> fuck that movie. Anyway, uh, in, and damn it, I lost my train of thought. Fuck, what was I about to say? Um, 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 damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn, 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 damn. English, motherfucker, do you speak it? I'll just, I forgot where I was going with it, but, oh, I remember now. Uh, but I'll, you know, I already, I'm going a different way. Um, <laughs> My I, my favorite parts of the movie, of course, uh, I don't know if this is of course, but uh, Jules, Ve- Jules Vega, Jules Winfield and Vincent Vega, uh, those are my two favorite characters, hands down, not even close, like nobody else can hold the candle to them. No. Um, my favorite sequences, like parts of the movie, I can like, I genuinely go back and revisit rav- with frequency uh, the... The opening, of course. That's uh, my favorite part of the movie, yeah. When they're talking, you know, just the whole part where, you know, they start off in the car talking about, the like, how McDonald's the burgers are called differently in in different places. And, um, uh, and then they, like, you know, they're talking about the foot massage and all that shit. And then, you know, they finally, you know, English, motherfucker, do you speak it? And all that shit. Like, all that together is my, is my, uh, one of my favorite parts. And then that, that is only second to the ending, the bonding situation. Any, everything after that point. Everything after, um, I mean, technically it's all one part, but, you know, the way the movie's, like, structured, that's the last, that's the last part of it. Um, so everything, uh, from, like, you know, the, uh, the, everything from the Bonnie situation on is uh, my favorite part, and it's sh- it just perfectly embodies the the greatness of Tarantino's writing because it's it's really engaging like throughout the dumbest shit. So like the first half at least, you know, um, you know when they're still talking about the McDonald's and shit like that, like it's stupid dialogue that's still really engaging. The foot massage, all that stuff. It's like it doesn't. This has this is trivial, and yet I'm wholehearted. Like I care so much about what y'all are talking about, and then at and then. And then, you know, after, you know, the conversation becomes uh, considerably le- considerably less trivial because, you know, you're trying to, you know, dispose of a dead body. Um, also, I think it's really I think it's really funny that they didn't give a fuck that they killed somebody. They just cared no. that they had a I bloody got, car. Got off the road. <laughs> they didn't give a fuck that somebody just died. Um, and I, I just, was wondering why they took him. I was like, are they going to? Kill him, or like, what's the point of taking him? No, because he was in—he was an inside. He was a part of it. He was on the inside. That was Jules's buddy, and like, he was a part of everything. And that's why they were cool with him. That's why they were chilling. Like, he wasn't kidnapped. Oh, okay. That was confusing for me. Hey, man, we're learning everything as we go. We're yeah. learning. We're learning about the movie on the show. Um, but yeah, nah. So just and as after we get to that point, you know, and the conversation becomes a lot less trivial. It's still really engaging because the way it's written, the way it's paced, the way everyone is, you know, speaking and just the way their lines, like just their manner of speaking, for lack of a better word, is really fun. 
And yeah. it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's energetic. It's engaging. Um, Tom, uh, Quentin Tarantino and Samuel L. Jackson, probably, probably my favorite director, actor combo. Um, if not my favorite, they're in my, it, they're really close up there with, uh, Marty and, uh, Bobby, Bobby De Niro. Um, uh, shit. I mean, it's only a couple movies, but Yorgos Lanthimos and, uh, uh, Colin Farrell. They, they mm. got, they got some good stuff together. Uh, who else? That's not what this is about. But yeah, the point is, um, Pulp Fiction is uh, top to bottom, uh, a very well constructed movie, and it is, you know, it's very uh, influential. Like without this, I don't think we get at least a couple movies on this list. Specific, especially Snatch. Like a movie like Snatch, yeah. I don't think Snatch exists if this doesn't exist. And because Gentleman doesn't exist because Snatch. Who? Gentleman. Yeah, exactly. Like that. See, like th- this movie's uh, influence is really uh, impressive, and it's funny because you know talking about on the waterfront, um, that that movie obviously has a lot of influence, of course. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's just a little bit harder to recognize. For this reasons. season, really opened my eyes to just how um, diverse a genre like crime and gangster films can be. Mm-hmm. Like it can be done in so many different ways. Yeah, so, for sure. Great job with that this season one. But uh, but T- Tarantino definitely opened a lot of doors for this one, and uh, I'm re- I'm really glad that this was on the the list. This is a a personal personal favorite of mine, and I don't think I'll ever get tired of watching uh, Pulp Fiction. Although, fun fun fact, uh, the first time I watched it, uh, seeing Marcellus in that like dungeon, I guess mm-hmm. you know, essentially being raped. Uh, or not even like, I don't know why I said essentially like he was like, he was, like that was ab- that was like straight up rape. Uh, it, it was very uncomfortable. Like and I, I'm not like a I'm not an easily disturbed person, but like I was like I don't I don't like Yo, this. I, yeah, I was. I, I mean, this is Candyman, and he was in Candyman, and then this is the man that like I know and love from all the the Mission Impossible movies. Like <laughs> this is it's my guy, <laughs> and you just saw him violated. Um, ah. <laughs> that was that. I didn't like that at all. I was like, oh, I don't like. And still to this day, like when I rewatch yeah. it, I'm like, I ah, see. Like mm-hmm. I like this scene, but like this this visual is visceral, and I do not like it. And that is exactly yeah. why Tarantino has it, and I appreciate that. And then also uh, Uma Thurman uh, when she overdoses, that is also some very. Oh my god! Yes, I don't. I'm not. I it it it, it makes me feel gross. But I mean, that's the point. So it, it's, it's, it's still it's, it offers the my favorite shot in the of the movie is that when like when she wakes up and they're like all sitting around her. Like that's my favorite shot of the whole movie. Pretty good, pretty good. But um, yeah, that's I mean, damn. Like I, there's nothing else to say about this movie. Let's yeah. go ahead and rate it. I have a feeling I know what you're gonna give it. So go ahead. Good old nine point nine. All right, at this point you just yeah you just doing that to be a douchebag. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I mean. I'm really trying to like give out my tens very sparingly, man. You know, it's, you haven't given out it like that would make sense if you'd given out like four tens already, but there hasn't I been know, a single ten. But the like, I time. just uh, a masterpiece. I, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Well, it's not that damn hard for me. This is a straight up masterpiece. Perfect. Um, five out of five. Ten out of ten. Whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's close. This Nine point nine is very close. This I mean, movie is perfect great. for me. I don't give a fuck what you have to say. I mean, obviously you do. We're on the show together. Nah, fuck you. Okay, all right. So fuck your opinion. All right. So this is this is how this is how they, this is how you treat me, guys. I'm just letting y'all know. I'm gonna sue y'all ass. Sue me for what? Uh, uh unsafe work environment. I don't feel safe. <laughs> I'm glad you think it's funny. 
I'm glad you think it's funny. It's not gonna be funny when they take you. Take your. I'm taking your mic and everything. <laughs> taking it all. And your poster with Ezekiel on there. <laughs> well, uh, well, folks, that's um, that's that's a uh, that's the show. Uh, you know. That was the second block of our Sweet 16. Um, you know, stay tuned for uh, the third block. You know, we got some we got some hard hitters coming out in that next one, I believe. I don't know if I lied to y'all with that one. Oh, yeah, no, nah, I just looked at the list. We definitely got some hard hitters. Um, but uh, that's that's about it. Uh, you know, just to recap, um, you know, we did Goodfellas, Miller's Crossing, Reservoir Dogs, and Pulp Fiction. So uh, had, a, had, a, had a really good list as far as directors are concerned. You know, got Scorsese. The Coens, uh, and Tarantino. Yeah. So those are three great, great directing, great directing crews. Uh, so yeah, uh, make sure you guys share your like thoughts and opinions on these movies uh, on like the social media. You can you know tweet at, tweet at us or you know like shoot us a DM or comment under any post on Instagram. Uh, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say about what we have to say because I mean Sometimes. hey let us. Sometimes, <laughs> let us know if uh, we're out of our out of our minds or if uh, you know we're right on the money. Uh, and uh, make sure you guys. Uh, speaking of you know social media, you guys can follow us follow us on uh, the the Instagram at uh, brackets underscore b rolls. You can check us out on Twitter also at brackets underscore b rolls, and uh, you can find moi on uh, Instagram at flyguy.ty, two Ys and fly. And then you can find me on Twitter at flyguyty7, two Ys and fly again, of course. Now, where can they find you at, buddy? Quattro. I'll sit at home waiting for the validation of these people. I don't need your follows. Boy, if you don't... But... Uh, well, fuck all you, that. Please if, follow us. If you, if you, wanted, if you wanted to follow Quattro... You can catch him on Instagram at Quattro IV with the period between the C and the U spelling out C period U-A-T-R-O-I-V. Catch me on Twitter at Red Kool-Aid 317. You don't even use Twitter. R-E-D-K-O-O-L-A-I-D 317. I might. You might as well delete the app. But No. It's Twitter be popping. You don't even use it. I, I could one day. I bet if we looked at your screen time for Twitter, that'd probably like you'd spend less than ten minutes on there in the in the, over the span of a week. It's probably less than two. Exactly. But by the time they follow me, I think I'll be on there. I'm gonna make a post tomorrow. I'm gonna tweet I'm, tomorrow. You are fucking full of it. I'm, I'll tweet tomorrow. I'm gonna tweet. I'm gonna. T- I just, that's the tweet. I said I was gonna tweet <laughs> yesterday. <the> t- <laughs> I said I was going to tweet yesterday. So Dude, I, I'm tweeting I'm today. I'm fucking sick of you. Ah, oh, man. It's only episode four. <laughs> and you're already sick of me. You're cap. I hate you. <sighs> hey, man. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. You know, uh, we appreciate it. Hope you guys are enjoying. Uh, oh, damn. I totally fucking forgot. I haven't said this shit for three episodes. Uh Leave us five star ratings and reviews on the Apple Nigga. on the Apple Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, leave us them five-star ratings, please. We need those. We appreciate them. Uh, you know, they help us climb the charts. We can get on, maybe we can get on the new and noteworthy, uh, you know, section. Please. Now that they us. know we can find us on <laughs> Bro, I can't believe I forgot. I was thinking this whole time. Yo, I really feel like there's something I'm forgetting. 
And lo and behold, I was not wrong. We right. fucking four episodes in, first time I said some shit. Uh, but yeah, thanks. You know, I mean, I said that shit already. But uh, you know, no, still no outro. Uh, but make sure y'all wear a mask, wash your hands. Um, don't be out here going to you know the club and no dumb shit. That's some. I saw some people going to like the like going out party. I'm like, bruh. I know there's more than ten people in that hoe. Ain't don't none of y'all got a mask on. I I know at least. One of y'all been in contact with COVID within the past 14 days. And it's Long just, story short, y'all, toast. Bro, hey man. Uh people people not taking this 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 foolish this foolishness seriously. But hey, you know, make sure y'all do that. Uh being someone who's had the COVID nineteen, it's very serious. I almost died. You didn't fucking almost die. I did. Why are you tell me how I almost died? How you gonna tell me? How you, you gonna tell you, me? You almost died? I did. I did. You didn't even have to go to the hospital. I did. When I saw God, speaking from also from someone who had COVID, allegedly you had to get tested. God damn it, you're you fucking bitch. sick. I hate you so much. <laughs> <I hate you. laughs> hey, you had gas. Nigga, shut up. <laughs> See, like, I said, God, I said my chest COVID. Nigga, what? <laughs> See you guys next time, man. Fuck. <laughs> Stick that gas. <laughs>